This is the Roots Student Ministry Podcast. We are based in Southern California, and our mission is for students to connect, grow, and go in their faith alongside other believers. If you would like more information about us, check out our website at icrossroads.org roots, or you can find us on Instagram and TikTok with the handle CSM Roots. Now, let's get into this week's message. Hey, everyone. We're starting a brand new series to kick off this fall, and this series is called Thicker Than Water. And it's all about, drum roll please, family. Now in regards to family, I personally, I'm the youngest of four kids. And as the youngest, I definitely got it easier than my siblings. And my sister and I, she was eight years older than me. And we really didn't get along growing up all that much. Like we fought, we wrestled, and we yelled at each other often. And I personally, I didn't like that she would want to change the TV to the TV show Fresh Prince. And when all I wanted to do was watch my Nickelodeon show because I was the kid and it should be all about me. Now at home, we would fight. But if I ever had an issue or if there was anyone who talked bad about me, she would be the first one to speak out to defend me. She had and she still has my back. To her, nobody messes with family. My sister understood that blood is thicker than water. Have you ever heard that phrase? If not, it's okay, like I'll explain it. It's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years and here's what it means. Blood is thicker than water is used to say that someone's family ties are more crucial in their life than any other person, relationship, or need. For instance, it could mean that your bond with your friends is not as valuable as your bond with your family. In other words, in the list of important things in your life, family is right up there at the top. It's a big deal. It shapes us. It's a huge part of why we are who we are. Friends may come and go, especially as as we get older and change, but your family will always be your family. And whether the members of your family are literally blood-related or related by adoption or marriage, they still represent some of the most important people in your life. Family plays a huge role in the story of you. And that's why we're talking about it over these next few weeks. Now, I realize that when I say family, that means something different for everyone. No family looks exactly the same. They don't act the same or they don't have the same story. For some of us, family means a mom and a dad. Some of us live with an aunt and an uncle. Some are with a stepmom or a stepdad, uh, grandparents, foster parents, half-siblings, or maybe even second cousins. But even when families are structured the same, they're still different because the people who make up that family are unique, including you. And because all families are unique, they bring their own unique set of challenges. In fact, we're going to talk about those challenges throughout this series. But one of them is that sometimes family can feel like, well, a bit much. It it can be a lot to manage and juggle. And when it comes to family, there are a whole bunch of things in the mix. Think about it. A lot of personalities, needs, opinions and preferences, schedules and activities, attitude and drama, a lot of noise. Maybe there's a lot of human beings For some of you, the sheer number of people in your family is a lot. And when you add all of those things on top of each other and put them all under one or maybe two roofs, it can be complicated. 
And here's what's interesting. The whole God and church and Jesus and Bible thing can sometimes add another complication to your family dynamic as well. It's another preference, another opinion, and another part of your busy schedule. Faith becomes another thing to add on to the family mix. And while we would assume that it would only make things better, or sometimes it actually doesn't. Maybe you feel confused because you're not sure how you're supposed to live out your faith with your family. Maybe you're the only Christian in your household, and because you love your family, you'd love to see them develop a faith of their own. But how can you possibly influence them in a way that isn't awkward? Maybe your mom and stepdad expect you to act a certain way because you claim to be a Christian and there's a certain way Christians are supposed to act. And honestly, it's a lot of pressure. Maybe for you, the adults in your household, because they care about you, take you to church when you act up in hopes of you getting some positive guidance and direction. Maybe that's why some of you are even watching this right now. But now it makes church feel like part of a punishment or like some kind of religious detention. Maybe your faith is starting to look a little different than the people that you live with. You don't want to offend anyone by disagreeing, but the truth is that you don't see eye to eye with them on every aspect of faith, and that does create some tension. Maybe faith has been a part of your family for a while, but when you look at your family, you're not sure it's actually working. Faith is talked about, prayers are prayed, churches attended, but the arguments and tensions aren't always solved. Or maybe both of your parents claim to have faith, but how come they're now divorced or separated? You love the people you live with, or at least you like them sometimes, but it doesn't seem like faith is solving any of your complicated issues that you have with your family. For a lot of us, it feels like faith is one part of the mix and family is another. They're totally separate and they can't help or change each other. But what would happen if we allowed our faith and family actually to mix? Well, I think this entire series could change the way that you interact with your family forever. And the first four books of the New Testament are called the Gospels. And they are the accounts of Jesus' life when he lived among us. And one of those Gospels is the book of John, written by one of Jesus' closest friends. And in the section that we're talking and looking at today, John records how Jesus and his disciples were sharing an important meal together. And it was the Passover meal, which was a religious holiday. And the disciples didn't know that this was going to be Jesus' final meal with them, but Jesus did know. And so the disciples had spent years traveling with Jesus and living beside him. And there's no doubt that they felt more like family. And Jesus understood that things were about to get extremely complicated and highly emotional for these guys. And their leader was about to be killed and everything would change for them. And John says this in John 13, 1. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So just like you love your complicated family, Jesus loved his disciples. They didn't do everything right, not by a long shot, but Jesus still loved them. Knowing his time with them was coming to an end, 
Watch what he did next in John 13, three through five. Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. So if you think about this, it kind of sounds awkward now, right? Like you have no idea how awkward it was back then with the disciples. Because even though foot washing was a common thing then, because you can imagine how nasty their feet got when they were walking around dirt roads in sandals, Jesus was a teacher. He was the leader. He, he was the one who wasn't supposed to actually do the foot washing. He was the one with authority and people in his position didn't wash people's feet. That's what servants did. So the disciples didn't know how to respond to Jesus's unbelievable act of kindness and service to them. And then Jesus went on to say this in John 13, 34 and 35. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus is saying that you remember what I just did for you a few minutes ago, how I acted like a servant and washed your feet, how I humbled myself and chose to honor you, how I chose my love for you then, even when it felt awkward. I want you to show each other that kind of love and service. And by doing that, everyone will know that you are my followers. So how will people know that you are a follower of Jesus? What will, what will show the people closest to you that you follow God? It's simple, love. The disciples had no idea how loving it was for Jesus to wash their feet. Jesus even knew that one of his disciples would betray him and one of his closest friends, Peter, would deny knowing him. And even knowing he would be hurt by them, Jesus still washed their feet. Jesus remained focused on love and he gave us an incredible example of what to do with the people closest to us. We are to love. Your friends, your teachers, strangers, and even your family will know your faith by the way that you love. So when you do something kind and no one says thank you, love. When your older brother or sister acts like a jerk towards you, love. When you feel like your parents made a decision that was unfair, love. So what does it look like to love in the middle of a complicated family situation? The Apostle Paul would later write about love and tell us this in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So if we were to ask Jesus or Paul what faith would look like in our complicated families, I think this is what they'd say. Let your faith in Jesus move you to love the people you live with. Love with patience. Love with kindness. Love in a way that honors the people around you. Love in a way that is slow to anger and rich in love. 
and doesn't keep records of any wrongdoings. In other words, if you want your faith to help your family, then show as much love as you can. It never fails. And even if you're not sure what you think about faith and you're still asking questions, it's still a great idea. So think of it this way. When it comes to our relationships that are thicker than water, love is more important than anything. Let me show you what that looks like. So maybe you're starting, you need to start being more patient with your parents when they ask you to do something that you don't want to do. You won't be so arrogant when you think that you're right. Or you'll be more kind to your siblings when they're bothering you. Or you'll choose to not dishonor others like your stepmom when you are fighting or in conflict. So pick one of these things and, and actually go for it. Even if you wouldn't call yourself a church person or a Jesus follower, being more kind or patient or being slow to anger will still absolutely help your family. If you are somebody who would say that you have faith, love is the best way to demonstrate it. Jesus himself said so. And family is important. In fact, blood is thicker than water. And faith is important too. And I hope you now see that the two of the family and the, the faith can mix together. And they can absolutely mix. Loving your family is actually one of the greatest ways that you can build your faith. So let me pray. Father, I just thank you so much for your goodness to us and thank you for the families that you've provided in our lives. Whether we're, we have a really close relationship with our family right now or whether we're really struggling, God, we know that family is a blessing. And so God, I just pray that we can uh, continue to have our faith and family mix and they can work together in uh, our belief in you and our relationship with our family can just help us love each other all well. And so we love you, Jesus. Thank you for the love that you poured on us. May we pour it onto our family. We love you and pray this in your name. Amen.